Welcome to the Dildork, Storky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and one time I accidentally shot a glass dildo out of my vag in front of a very large audience at a sex club. <laughs> uh, That's probably the most exhibitionistic thing I've ever done, and I wasn't even trying to do it. I was pretty embarrassed about it. <laughs> Who are you, friend? <laughs> I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I am a huge exhibitionist. <laughs> Yes, our episode on the topic, I believe, is entitled Bexhibitionism, which really kind of says it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just over here like, pay attention to me. <laughs> Can I tell that story very briefly about the glass dildo, though? Because it's yes. important. It's a mystery. Um, I was doing a porn shoot at Oasis, which is our local sex club here, and my pal Dane Joe was the other person in the scene, and they were, like, sort of bossily, like, using sex toys on me through the whole shoot, and they, like, put this glass dildo in me and then, like, walked away and were, like, talking to the audience, so I was just sitting there, like, holding this dildo in with my muscles, and then they, like, pick up my magic wand, and they didn't turn it on, but they, like, hovered it over my clit. And I thought that they were just going to, like, talk for a while. Because, like, you've met Dane. They're quite chatty. So they're just, like, yes. talking. Um, but then they very suddenly turned it on. And my muscles just, like, did a thing. And the dildo just, like, shot across, like, onto the padded area where we were in Oasis. Which, like, thankfully it wasn't, like, a hard floor or anything. Um, but the great thing was that Dane did not see this happen. Like, they kind of, like, were, like, talking to the audience, and they didn't see it happen. And the audience all saw it happen and, like, broke out laughing, but Dane missed it. And then when Dane finally noticed that it was out, I, like, got in trouble. Because, <laughs> like, I was supposed to hold this dildo in me. But, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, these things happen. <laughs> I can't be expected to control my vagina at all moments. Who do you think I am? Okay. We're talking today <laughs> about uh, group sex and public sex and how these things intersect and come together, so to speak. Uh, tell me, what do you like about group sex and what do you like about public sex? So most of my group sex and my public sex like overlap because mm -hmm. most of the group sex I have is a bunch of people in a hotel room who coincidentally all think each other's hot. <laughs> the best kind of so, party. So like, yeah, people move in and out of fucking or like some of us fuck and other people watch or whatever. So like a lot of my group sex is semi-public. Mm -hmm. um, but I really, what I enjoy about group sex is that I don't have to be on the whole time. I can kind of tag out and like watch everything for a minute and then get back involved. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just really love that, like, you can do some really cool shit with multiple people and multiple bodies that you can't do with two bodies. <laughs> like, um, like, you can just have multiple hands on you in all different places and DP and, like, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's what I re- like, I really like group sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> I relate to what you said about tagging out, and it reminds me of, like, when we had our first threesome together, and one of us would kind of, probably me, because it sounds like something I would do, but one of us would kind of get tired in the middle of a blowjob and would just sort of tap out, and the other person taps in and takes over, um, and and that's so, so, so great. Uh, it's a collaborative effort. It's pretty fun. 
Yeah, I had a scene at camp where it was the student's birthday, so he got a bunch of AFAB folks um, to come and just do stuff to him, <laughs> um, which was super fun, and it was really courteous. Like, And it was just really sweet, because like, we all took turns and would like ride him and then be like, oh, would you like a turn here? And, like, get off and put a new condom on for the next person and, like, (laughs) usher them onto his cock. Like, it was just really (laughs) endearing. (laughs) And, like, who wants to sit on his face now? Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, it was really great. And, like, his partner was there and was just kind of, like, directing and, like, just, like, sitting next to us all. And, like, tagged in for some stuff and but like she was gonna she was at the end of the scene she was gonna finish it so she spent most of the scene just kind of helping us out it was just really sweet (laughs) and really hot but like (laughs) i really like how these like group sex scenes sometimes can like demonstrate the limits that we're able to push our bodies and minds to like my partner was just telling me he went to a fisting workshop where th- there was like a live demo that you were welcome to participate in and the bottom had 11 fists in them over the course of the workshop. I was like, that's fucking unbelievable. Goals. I know, right? Like, uh, like including like sometimes two fists at a time and like, I, that that's just like astonishing to me and like that must feel like such an accomplishment when, once you're done. It makes me think also about like gangbang fantasies, which... Um, I've like very occasionally fantasized about, but I think I I think I should like really ha- have some dedicated fantasy time about that thought specifically because I think that I would have feelings about it if I gave more thought to it. I have very many dedicated fantasy times related to that. <laughs> Tell me what I, is so hot about a gangbang to you? Well, so I'm really into the idea of being used. Mm-hmm. So like that's just like exponentially more used because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of feelings about DP, which so far I've still only done with toys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another, that's a situation where that can happen or I can be sucking someone's cock while I'm getting DP'd. Like really, I just like dick and there would be a lot of them. <laughs> um, at least in most of my gangbang fantasies. Mm-hmm. Um, which just like, is really hot. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at an office with a bunch of like relatively vanilla conventional women uh, who would nonetheless get into sex chats like all the time. And I would always have to kind of bite my tongue because they would say the most ignorant shit. But they got into this argument one time about gangbangs. And one of the people was just arguing that a gangbang is like inherently disrespectful and no one can consent to it. And it's, you know, objectifying, which is just a very boring perspective, but I was there just thinking, like, well, like, if everybody was nice, like, people can fuck you nicely just because they're fucking <laughs> you a lot and in, in ways that look degrading from the outside doesn't mean it's not a very nice, sweet thing. <sighs> nice, sweet thing. You were like, they could be nice, and I'm like, I'd rather they didn't. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, just, I suppose. I love the image of, like, 12 of like my type which is just basically like nerdy soft boys 
just gathered around to have a gangbang. Like they would just like line up and they would be so polite and it would be wonderful. <laughs> They'd be like, no, after you, please sign this. I'm just imagining like one person petting your hair and being like, you're doing so good. And just <laughs> like someone else being like, would you like some water? I'll get you some water. <laughs> It's important to stay hydrated when you're getting gangbanged. That is tip number one. <laughs> I once did have people line up to fuck me, and that was really hot. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it constitutes a gangbang. There were three of them. <laughs> but still, super hot. <laughs> so that's an interesting question about group sex, though, is, like, what is the terminology? Like, you got threesome, foursome, moresome. Uh, at what point does it become an orgy? How many people have to be there for it to be an orgy? <laughs> Yeah, I I would think five or more is generally the, like... Orgy threshold. Accepted orgy thresho- threshold, yeah, I believe. Because <laughs> um, it's... Because, I mean, five-some, I guess, but six-some is just weird. Um, so once <laughs> the words stop making sense is when it becomes an orgy, I think. <laughs> I thought you were saying sex with specifically six people would be weird, and I was trying to imagine why that would be. And I, well, it makes me think about Kidder Caper from Sex is Fun used to always talk about what he called MEGS, which stood for uh, MGS, which is monogamous group sex, uh, which is the idea that, like, you're fucking your one, like, regular partner, but just in a room full of other people who are also fucking their partners. And he talked about it as a way of, like, remaining a non- I was going to say anonymous, which is not what I mean. Um, monogamous, uh, if that's what your dynamic is, but still kind of experiencing the thrill of group sex. And I actually think that sounds really sweet. And like, even though I'm not monogamous, it sounds like it would be really good for my anxiety because I often get kind of panicky in group sex situations. Yeah, I think I think that's really cool. But like, also then where's the line between just exhibitionism and group sex? Right. Some would say touching, but then there are others who say that watching is in itself participation and a form of interaction. It is a sex act. Yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. Which I think raises the point that, like, group sex often has to involve much more negotiation and talking about things uh, if you're planning it in advance than one-on-one stuff, because there's just so many more people and feelings and boundaries potentially to account for. Yeah. I like, uh, uh some play parties have, like, a welcome circle, mm-hmm. where you can kind of go around in a circle and talk about, like, your STI status and your, like, barriers and how you manage safer sex and, like, what you're looking for that evening or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I really like that idea because it's kind of gives you a starting point on your negotiation when you go and see other people at the party and kind of gives you an idea of who's interesting to you at the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know we've had people on the show before who like to use like a Google Forms system or like various other really regimented, structured ways of collecting information about people before a planned play party or group sex situation which i think is like a lot of people will be like that's too intense that's too much but i think it actually makes so much sense like there's way too much to keep track of in that situation and if you want to do an effective job of organizing that i think like that's a perfectly valid way of doing that yeah absolutely that also reminds me of uh i watched this video i think it was reed mahalko not sure but someone was talking about a variation on spin the bottle 
for adult parties where you spin the bottle and whoever it lands on, you and that person have a negotiation about some kind of interaction you'd like to share. So maybe you suggest a kiss, but maybe they only want to give you a hug or maybe you suggest spanking them or doing something more sexual. And I really like that if you're in an environment where you're actually going to feel comfortable negotiating uh, and, and advocating for yourself in that way. Cause that's, it's just, there's so much more freedom there and it's adorable. It's like any great party. I, uh, once played spin the bottle at camp, mm-hmm. uh, and Dr. Ruthie was running it. And the way it worked is you, sp- you would spin the bottle and if it pointed, whoever it pointed to, you had the opportunity to make out with them if they consented. Uh, if neither of you wanted to make out with each other, you then got to nominate someone else. So they would go around the circle and be like, so who does want to make out with this person? And people would raise their hands and they got to pick (laughs) who else got to. And I thought that was a really cute way of like navigating consent stuff. Yeah, that's good. I always really like those kind of like eighth grade party types of games because I feel like even though we're adults now, they still have this sense of like, excitement and stakes and if you do it with a group of like nice people now like you can do it in such a way that it's not mean like when I was actually in like the eighth grade there would always be people who like no one wanted to kiss and it'd be horrible but like people when they grow up sometimes learn to be a little bit nicer but like I'm really I have a lot of feelings and fantasies about like seven minutes in heaven types of games yeah because you could get up to some shit in that closet (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I have, like, all of my age play stuff is, like, teenage, you know, 16-year-old teenage boy type stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, all, that plays right in line with all of my age play dynamics. Yeah. God, now I want, like, a play party that's specifically themed as, like, an 8th grade birthday party. And there's, like, mean girls and bullies and nerds and so many games. Oh my god. It would be so good. There's a <laughs> there's a game night at a local play party that uh where they do all of those kinds of like teenage games. Mhm. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's good for like people who have anxiety too cuz like a lot of my issues about group sex and things that scare me about it is like the idea of not knowing what to do and there may be being so much going on that I'm kind of like overwhelmed and because uh, I even get overwhelmed having sex with one person sometimes and sometimes don't know what to do and feel kind of uh, overloaded. So I think the idea of having like a structured system of some sort for group sex situations is really comforting to me. Mm. Although my other favorite thing that was a tip given to me before I had my first threesome was a friend told me, just if you're not sure what to do at any point, just put your mouth on something, which is <laughs> I was just brilliant. It's such good advice. I mean, with consent, obviously, but it's just like that will be well received in many different places that you could put it. So good tip. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Just like I also really enjoy the role of like I was joking earlier about the head pets, but I've done that. Mm -hmm. Like I've just been uh, I was at a play party where someone was just laying in my lap and holding my hand while someone else was, I think, fingering them or going down on them or something. Um, But I just got to, like, kind of wrap my arm around her and have, like, my hand on her chest and be holding her hand and stuff. And it was just, like, really sweet and really hot to be (laughs) just kind of watch all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I always have so much anxiety about being the person who's, like, left out of a thing, which is a really common fear, I think, uh, especially for, like, threesomes or, like, odd-numbered group sex situations. But I think if you kind of consciously choose to be in some kind of, like, supportive role, that could help with that fear, because then you have a function, even if you're not actively involved in the sex stuff at that moment. Yeah. And I think the ebb and flow is really what's at least one of the things I enjoy about group sex Mm -hmm. because you can just kind of sit back for a little while and it's still hot and like depending on the scenario someone might like kind of call you back in and be like hey let's do this thing Um, or they will like just be chill with you watching for a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's just really nice yeah yep yep spectator sports do you remember your first foray into group sex? Yes. It was, uh, I think I've told this story before, um, but I was at Toronto for the Playground Conference. <laughs> um, what is this, 2016? I think this was 2015. Jesus. I know. <laughs> um, and I had mentioned that I had, like, never had anyone really go down on me, and never someone who, like, really enjoyed it. Um, so, Taylor J. Mace decided to fix that, (laughs) and recruited a bunch of people. Uh, and we went up to a play party, and, like, I had multiple people's hands and mouths on me at any given time. Uh, and, like, it was my first real group scene. Um, prior to that, I had been to a play party, but I hadn't played because I was monogamous at that point. Mm-hmm. So I just watched a bunch of people, and that's where I kind of learned how chill those parties are and how you can <laughs> just kind of, like, I was with a group of people who spent most of it eating snacks <laughs> and, like, talking. Mm-hmm. Um, snacks are important. Yeah. Uh, and how, like, you can just... Like, it's not as big a deal as a lot of people play it up to be. Mm -hmm. But the one in Toronto was the first one where I actually played and had that, like, real group sex experience. And it was awesome. (laughs) I was so proud of you and happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) It, I took so long to get into group sex. I mean, compared to, like, some of the other weird shit I've tried um, I remember that when my friends uh, started Spit, which is a local porn company, they launched it with this big play party that was going to be at Oasis, and I had never been there, and I had never been to a play party, um, and I was in a monogamous relationship at the time, so my plan was to just go with toys and just like jerk off in a corner, basically, and just like check it out. Uh, and I couldn't even bring myself to do that. Like I chickened out, uh, before I was about to leave my house. Like I just, it was so anxiety provoking for me, even the thought of being there. Um, but uh, another time I, uh, masturbated in a room where two other friends were also masturbating at the same time. It was just like one of those like late drunk nights where we were just like, Hey, you know, it would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we did this in my friend's basement. Um, And it was this really weird experience because on one side of me, this friend of mine had like two or three orgasms and she was like very loud and I was really into listening to her. And then I had one orgasm, which is pretty normal for me. And then my other friend on my other side, like had gone completely quiet and we checked in after a while, we realized that she had fallen asleep. (laughs) So it was really kind of mama bear, papa bear, just right. Goldilocks situation. (laughs) 
But yeah, that was nice. That that kind of introduced me to the idea that like group sex is not always as scary as I had made it out to be because often it's with people you know and are already comfortable with. Like I think somewhere in my head, some of my my ideas about it were like these people are going to be strangers or they're going to be intimidating and scary. And it's like, no, like you're often in group sex situations with people you know already. <laughs> like that's just yeah, kind of how that's sex how that tends works. to work. Yeah. Yeah, I've found, like, I think I have a lot more experience with group sex than you do, yes. question mark? Okay. Um, I've found more often than not, it's an efficiency thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how our first threesome was. We yeah. were both like, well, we both want to hook up with this dude, but we only have about an hour and a half, so let's go <laughs> take care of this. <laughs> um and that's how, like, a lot of my group stuff has been. It's been at conferences, uh, or, it, like, at hotel parties after conferences and kink events and whatever, where it's like, oh, look, all of us people want to do things to each other, but there's only so many days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have a solution. <laughs> Yeah, if I was going to say, like, what has been the major motivating factor in the group sex that I've had, I think a lot of it was, like, a desire for intimacy and fun and greater connectedness with people, like, not necessarily even in, like, a romantic way, but, like, uh, for example, like, a lot of my threesomes have been with, like, a dude I was already sleeping with who had some kind of fantasy, whether it was a threesome fantasy or, like, a blowjob from two people at once fantasy or whatever, that I wanted to make come true for him uh, because that was like emotionally satisfying for me to do that. And then sometimes it would just fall into place with a third person who already kind of knew us and and had a lot of fun with us. Um, So yeah, like again, like I always used to get so stressed out at the idea of group sex that it would be scary and kind of like cold and detached. But like all the threesomes I've had have been with people I was like really connected to, if not romantically and sexually before that, then like on some kind of emotional level and they're always like really fun and goofy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like I think people take group sex really, I mean, people take all sex really seriously. Yeah, and they don't have to at all. When you really, like, it's gonna be awkward. Like, that's, that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have news. Um, (laughs) but, like, that's not a bad thing. Like, there Mm -hmm. are a lot of limbs, and, like, a lot of (laughs) mouths, and a lot of things happening, and you're gonna have to stop and adjust, and, like, someone's gonna fall off the bed, and, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Things get awkward. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's fun. It's funny. Like, yeah, just enjoy that. Like... Yeah, we've talked before in this show about how I've had a lot of experiences, especially with cis dudes who, uh, like, are really sensitive about laughing occurring during sex at all. Like, a lot of people tend to assume that it means that someone's laughing at them or uh, that the sex isn't good or that the other person isn't taking it seriously or isn't having a good time. And for me, it's the total opposite. Like, if I am giggling during sex, I am having a great time. There's the rare occasion where I'm doing that because I'm nervous and don't really know how to say it. But for the most part, it means that I'm having super a lot of fun. Uh, And I think you're right that group sex often seems to allow for more of that. Yeah. Because there's more people laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, I want to ask you about group sex and play party etiquette, since you know way more about this than me. Um, Say you're at a play party, 
and there's someone there who you think is hot who you've never done sex stuff with before how do you kind of broach the topic of doing stuff with them at that party i usually go talk to them about other stuff first just to Mm -hmm. like build rapport yeah and then something like along the lines of so what are you looking for tonight Mm -hmm. like what do you want to get out of the party or like what I did a lot at camp was talking to people and like flirting and saying oh what did you get up to so far at camp how's your camp been like that kind of stuff because then you get to tell stories about the sex you've had already or (laughs) um what other interesting stuff has happened to you at camp and then uh (laughs) my my go-to was you and I should talk later. We should, <laughs> we should connect. <laughs> we should talk more about that hot thing you just said. Um, I like that because it's flirty, but it also has like a very direct intention written right into it. Yeah. Like, basically, I'm saying we should negotiate a scene. Like, mm-hmm. we should make that thing happen. Yeah. Um, but also it gives them to f- the freedom to be like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk later, yeah. Or be like, yeah, absolutely, when should we meet up, well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit of freedom in that. Also, no one plans anything at camp. It drives me out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much, we should, yeah, we should totally have that scene. Okay, when? <laughs> Bitch, I've got my Google Calendar open. <laughs> like, ah, I wound up. Like, Sunday is, like, the busiest day in the dungeon, because everyone's like, oh, shit, we have to do all those things. <laughs> I, I really like the communication trick, more generally, of, like, putting it out there that you're interested in something, but kind of without directly asking the person to decide in that moment whether they are or are not into that. And that's something I do a lot, uh, like, on dates and just in, like, everyday um sexual situations is just instead of being like hey do you want to kiss me i might be like uh i would really like to kiss you or i would be like hey if you ever want to make out let me know sometime you know um yeah really put it in their court but in a way that's really really clear and enthusiastic um because that i think leaves them as much room as they want to to either be like no thanks or to be like oh yeah totally but then never follow up if they if they don't actually want to do it but then it also leaves them a ton of room to be like oh you mean like right now because we could just make out right now yeah Um, and I think that that works really well in like a group sex situation or whatever where it's like maybe the vibe is more kind of like casual socialization but you want to escalate a little bit like that's kind of a neat way to do that I also like this way of giving people an out without being like you want to make out if you don't it's fine like we can totally not make out too but like i kind of want to make out with you but like not if you don't want to yeah like it it's like a salesman thing you don't put like you don't want to tell focus on the no Mm -hmm. because then they're like oh yeah why i guess no why should okay if should i know no okay then no (laughs) like right Right. (laughs) um you like you don't necessarily want to put that in their head right away like you want to have the confidence that like making out with you would be fun yeah uh while also giving them that little like safety net emergency escape thing if they want to like opt out yeah a sort of like pickup-esque line that I have definitely used at parties is something along the lines of like, I mean, it depends on what is 
happening at the party, what is available to you at the party, but something like, we could make out or like we could play Scrabble. Because <laughs> <laughs> both of those are great and I'm very pleased with both of those. Um, but that gives that person two very different choices to make there. <laughs> yeah. I like the we could do this or we could do that kind of option mm -hmm. uh, because it gives them something else to be excited about and it kind of shows them that saying no to making out doesn't end the entire interaction. Like, you're not yes. going to be like, well, fuck you then and, like, yeah. walk away. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that it, for consent in general with anyone in any situation, it's really, really important to set up the question in such a way that the person knows that a no is not going to, like burn a bridge or, or cause a scene. They have to have the space to be able to say no in that interaction or you can't trust a yes, I think, uh, if they give you yeah. that. So um, yeah, I, I always try to set up my question in that way, if at all possible. Yeah, absolutely. About saying no though, like from the other side, do you have tips for saying a graceful no if someone approaches you for something at a play party and you're not feeling it? I tend to I've said things like, well, my dance card's pretty full tonight, mm -hmm. or uh, I don't think I'm looking for that tonight, or I don't think I'm down for that right now, or uh, something along those lines. And I do like to offer an alternative, because mm -hmm. um, I've done that too. I've been like, you know, oh, I don't think I'm really down to play, but we can make out for a minute, for a few minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a, you know... I don't know if I want to suck your dick, but we can do a spanking scene. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that, though. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. Um, okay, let's talk more about exhibitionism, since you're the expert. <laughs> um, Excellent. <laughs> tell me about some of your favorite exhibitionistic things that you've done. All right, so I have two. Mm -hmm. um, well... One of them is two different instances of being fisted at camp. <laughs> You're uh, a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Once was during a foursome, and the second time was right at the beginning of the queer orgy. Um, as you do. Mm -hmm. uh, and both times, I, I tend to get much louder in, like... So I'm louder with a partner than I am jerking off. And, like, the more people there are, the louder I get. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not really an intentional thing, but I think it is my body being like, pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I was not quiet, especially when I'm getting fisted. Like, that just happens. I'm just loud about that. <laughs> um, I'm being fisted. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's just the nature of being fisted for me. Um, but I, so I was pretty loud, and both times after I got off, people applauded. <laughs> Which is just, like, the sweetest thing, because I get all giggly right after I come. And people start clapping for me, and I'm like, oh. Um... The one where I was at the queer orgy, I was like the first orgasm of the night. It was so, it was excellent. Aww. Um, yeah. So that was really fun. And then I also did a scene at kink camp this year where, uh, I was sitting on a spanking bench instead of kneeling on it and being bent over it. I was sitting on the spot where you would kneel. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and my hands were cuffed back behind me. And I was doing a forced orgasm scene. So this person had the magic wand up against my junk uh, and was basically um, telling me over and over to be a good boy and get off. <laughs> Which, like, okay, yes. <laughs> um, like, do you want to be obedient? Do you want to be good for me? Like, that whole thing. Mm. Very good. Very good <laughs> stuff. Um, and then as I was coming started going off about how, um, look at you, you little slut coming in front of all of these people in the dungeon. Like, look at all of these people looking at you now. (laughs) Uh, it was a very, like, sharp turn and it was real hot (laughs) (laughs) to just kind of go through those things. And then afterwards the wand stayed when I was like super sensitive and I was like squirming and trying to get away. And the person's like, where, where are you going? Do you have an appointment? Do you have somewhere you need to be? Because <laughs> you're going to be late. <laughs> so then I was giggling and screaming and trying to get away from the wand. It was a good time. Aw, that's cute. <laughs> it's it's funny how, like, exhibitionist stuff can be so adorable like that, though. Like, yeah. Because there, there's this extra layer of... I don't know what it is, but it, it makes me think about how I think I actually like exhibitionism more when I'm being toppy, which is never something that I like connected before. But I, I was thinking about that uh, while you were talking about that, because like I've spanked uh, some pretty folks uh, at a sex club in front of a bunch of basically leering dudes, but <laughs> or like mostly <laughs> well. consensually leering. Um, and there is something about that situation that makes me feel toppier and dommier and like more in control because everybody is looking at me and like all the action that's happening in this entire room is focused on me and what I'm doing so it really motivates me to do a good job but then at the same time like I'm very focused on this other person so I don't feel like I have to put on a character or or, like perform or be on really because I'm just like focusing all my attention on this other person and making sure that they're okay and like listening to their responses so it's kind of takes away a lot of my anxiety in that way, but also gives me that powerful feeling of being looked at. I should do more of that. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I really like the performance aspect of it, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's kind of getting to play within that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, I don't know, a little bit put on a role. But I didn't realize... Like, I've known I'm an exhibitionist. I've wanted to do porn since I was, like, 16. Um, (laughs) Since I discovered porn, I've wanted to do porn. Um, But, like, recently, I snuck up onto my roof to jerk off. I was trying to shoot a scene, and it didn't work, and I was really mad about it. But, like, later that night, I jerked off again just thinking about being on the roof and filming myself and, like, (laughs) what if I got caught and whatever. So I was jerking off to my own jerking off fantasies. (laughs) Like, we all knew I was arrogant, but come on. (laughs) Jerkception. I love it. Yeah. But, yeah, I kind of had this moment where, like, I was getting off to how performative I was being, mm-hmm. and uh, it, like, when I knew I was being filmed, I kind of had put this character on, and then I was jerking off to that character, mm-hmm. which was kind of a cool, layered thing. <laughs> I love the sexual imagination. It can do so many things. 
really can. It can do some weird fucking things. I, <laughs> it, I am down. <laughs> but all those times when you're about to get off and you're like, oh, that's the thing I'm into. Good to know. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up, brain. <laughs> I relate to that because, like, after I did that porn shoot with Dane Joe that I was talking about earlier, where they, like, after the I shot the glass dildo out of my badge, they, uh, like, fucked me with the Enjoy 11 and held a magic wand on my clit until I came in front of all these people and everybody, like, clapped and stuff. And I definitely had, like, jerked off after that to that memory. But I think for me it was it was less about the audience being there and more about the idea of this, like, toppy person who was, like, working really hard to get me off because if they didn't, then they would, like, look bad in front of this audience. So they're, like, very, very motivated to, like, do exactly the right things that they know work for me and get me off in that way. So it added a little bit of, like, heat and intensity to that domination that hadn't been there in my other fantasies. It's very mm. good. <laughs> very, very good things. This is this is just a lot of a lot of sex and jerking off stories in this episode. <laughs> like, this is a filthy one, folks. Uh, I don't think we've done one like this in a while. <laughs> Welcome to the Dildorks. <laughs> <laughs> Dorky discourse on all the times we got laid. <laughs> so, for people who maybe are not as naturally inclined toward exhibitionism as you are, or people who are but who are a little bit scared off it by inhibitions and stuff do you have any tips for getting over like anxiety or inhibition when you're wanting to do sexy stuff in front of people i think what you were talking about earlier makes a lot of sense in that find things you can focus on that is not the audience mm -hmm. um also like when you're first playing with other people Play with people that, like, you know and trust. Like, you don't have to necessarily go to the sex tent at camp and fuck in front of, you know, a room full of strangers. Like, yeah. you can do, like, what you were talking about earlier, where you're playing with your partner in the same room as someone else is playing with their partner. Mm -hmm. And do that with, like, people you know well and are close with. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of get comfortable with the idea of being watched. I also, something... I don't know if this would make it better or worse because I've never super struggled with anxiety with group stuff mm -hmm. and um, public sex. It's always just kind of been really hot to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I found it really hot to watch myself, like mm -hmm. put a mirror up and jerk off and see myself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. um, because, or even when I'm creating my porn, I like film it and it's really hot to see myself in the camera. Mm -hmm. But then... Later, I always get so anxious to edit it, and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to watch myself, ugh. And then I watch it, and I'm like, oh, right, I'm hot. <laughs> I had forgotten. <laughs> so, like, I think that can be a valuable reminder of, like, how you look. Mm -hmm. And also, you can maybe share that with a partner or something and let them tell you how hot they find it. Yeah. And kind of reaffirm all of that for you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm on the other side of the spectrum there, which is the idea of looking at myself or being aware of what I look like in that situation is very, very scary to me. So I think a blindfold has often helped me in one-on-one -on -one sex, and I think it might help similarly in group sex because I kind of have that like kid before they understand object permanence thing where I feel like if I'm wearing a blindfold nobody can see my face somehow which is really <laughs> silly but like it actually does lessen my anxiety a lot because I feel less pressure to like have a sexy face on all the time 
And uh, I also can kind of focus on the sensations in my body without feeling pressured to like see what everybody's doing and engage with everybody visually. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I also think something something has helped me a lot, uh, if possible, is to pre-negotiate stuff. And it's not always possible because sometimes group sex happens spontaneously or you don't know who's going to be there or what you'll be feeling up to or whatever. Uh, But like I did a porn shoot with a femdommy friend uh, last year and we sat down for like a pre-scene coffee negotiation thing. And I was having so much anxiety because all the things that I wanted us to do in this shoot were her doing things to me because that's just sort of where I felt comfortable with in that dynamic and in that moment. And I said that to her. I was like, I'm really nervous that you are like mad that you're only going to be doing stuff to me. And she was like, oh, my God, I've been so nervous that you're mad that I'm only doing stuff to you in this scene. Like, (laughs) that's where I feel comfortable. And that's what I want to do. And I was so nervous that you would think that that was weird. And I was like, no, that is exactly perfect. So I was so happy that we had talked about that because then we both felt so much better about it when we actually did it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You got to like say the scary thing sometimes. Yeah. I'm curious uh, what you think about the distinction between being exhibitionist uh, in kink ways versus in sex ways. Because, like, I know, for example, our friend Taylor J. Mace um, really doesn't consider themselves a masochist, except that they really like taking a lot of pain in front of a large group of people. Uh, I've heard them talk about it. I think they basically say that, like, that feels motivating to them and it makes them want to take more pain, which is fascinating and makes total sense to me. Um, but it's so funny that the, the audience can change so much. So like, how do you feel differently about kink versus more like regular sex stuff? Well, I was going to say something very similar to that, actually. Uh, when I'm doing sex stuff in public, mm-hmm. my sex stuff looks pretty much the same. I'm into most of the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kink stuff is almost always better with an audience. Uh, mm. And my pain tolerance goes up and the edges that I'm gonna like doing edgy things gets easier and it's just a lot more fun for me even if like people aren't all watching me specifically just having people in that space is really hot for me Hmm. interesting yeah I thought about this a lot because uh, I've demo bottomed for Taylor uh, in a couple of impact play classes at this point. And the time that I enjoyed it most was last summer when a boyfriend of mine came to the workshop and was watching. Because um, there was this sort of like double layered thing that was happening where like I was paying attention to the class and what Taylor was saying and teaching and thinking about what everybody else there was learning and getting away from it, getting getting out of it. But I was also thinking about how my boyfriend was hearing this and like how he might apply this knowledge to private spankings later and also how he might uh, have a more clear idea of what kind of spankings I specifically tend to like than was being taught in the class. So there was this kind of like double layer of like exhibitionism, but also intimacy with this one person. Mm. Uh, And at time of recording, I'm actually about to do that again this weekend with a different boyfriend. And it's, it's really like strangely something that I fantasize about a lot I think because I really enjoy that sort of like wink of having that like private connection with this one person in the room who you're not actually talking to but who you know knows things and it's very good (laughs) yeah the more I think about it now honestly I think the majority of my kink is 
rooted in exhibitionism, because even when I'm getting spanked at home, like, I'm realizing the way you talk about it, uh, is more, like, about the joy of being spanked. Mm-hmm. Like, not to put words in your mouth, but that's, that's the name kind of the of... book I'm gonna write. The joy yes. of being spanked. <laughs> yes. Uh, whereas my experience with it is a lot more, yes, watch yourself hit me. Like, mm. really being into how I look being hit to the dominant. Interesting. Uh, and showing off my pain tolerance to the person hitting me. And look at how good my ass looks. And, like, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, that's the best part of spanking scenes, is you get to position your ass so perfectly. <laughs> I got... That's so fascinating to me because if I'm getting spanked correctly in the way that I like to be spanked, I completely am unaware of what I look like and I'm not thinking about it at all because that's not what I want to be thinking about because that stresses me out to think about. But you find that hot, which is so interesting. Yeah, that's a lot of what I'm thinking about, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) One more question before we wrap up. I'm curious what types of group slash public things you haven't tried that you still hope to try someday gangbangs uh-huh. definitely <laughs> um which like i could probably arrange at camp uh, yes yeah at some point if i want to yeah um but yeah definitely a gangbang um and like fisting gangbang too uh Like you were saying earlier about that person who took, like, 11 fists or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I I want to do something like that where, like, people who have never fisted anyone before can come and fist me and feel it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And, like, giving them that experience and just, like, being the bottom that can receive all of that from all of the different (laughs) people. I almost did that at camp this year. Like, I had a group of people who were going to do it with me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was just so burnt out by the end of camp uh, that it felt too in- like too intense of a scene to do on the last day. So I wound up just getting fisted from one person who I had played with before. So I felt more comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to like actually make that scene happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of also, I think. A lot of people think of exhibitionism as always being in that, like, risk of getting caught stuff, mm-hmm. which, like, is has never really been my brand of exhibitionism. Like, I, the first time I really enjoyed that was the other day getting off on my roof, and I think mostly because I knew the chance of getting caught was extremely slim. Mm-hmm. I've been, I go up there all the time, and I've seen one other person, like, once. <laughs> so, like, I knew I was going to be okay. Yeah. Um... But still, I think just I think it was just being outside and in the sun, uh, <laughs> that was really nice. But I don't like that's one area where I think a lot of people would expect exhibitionism to go that I really have like no interest in exploring. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've never understood that. Like I know that a lot of people are really into that, but for me, if there's any situation of like danger or actual risk in the sex I'm having I am completely turned off immediately and it's unsalvageable until we go to a safer location like that's just not something that does it for me yeah and plus what I'm getting off on is being watched by people who are into that Mm 
Mm-hmm. So the risk of someone showing up and not being into it, which is what would happen if someone stumbled across some dude jerking off somewhere, yeah, um, like, ruins that for me. Like, what I'm getting off on is being looked at by people admiring it, right. not, like, so the thought of the risk of that is not hot to me. Yep, yep, relatable. What about you? Is there anything that you want to try? Yes, both of mine are threesome concepts, which is very characteristic because I don't I I don't know that I would get that into group sex that was larger than a threesome. I'm not ruling it out, but it just doesn't call my name right now. Um, one is that I've never had a threesome with two people with penises, and I would really like to do that. Uh, I have a lot of like psychological kink feelings about double penetration. I don't know if like physically and logistically I can actually make that happen because I'm very tight like I even trying to stuff things in one hole sometimes is a bit much for me but um I psychologically really enjoyed the thought of that I think it would be really fun I've had a couple of offers from like dudes who I was banging and or dating to make that happen but it's never actually come through so could be fun uh and the other threesome can we yeah can we talk really quick about the dp thing and like imagining like how their dicks would feel against each other inside you because that's the that's what it is for me about dp like especially the idea of two people being into each other and like fucking each other through me like Uh very i just wanted to take a moment of silence for this (laughs) fantasy (laughs) so we can just appreciate it for a second and then carry on with the rest of your stuff (laughs) Yeah, well, I I think, like, similarly for me, a lot of what I enjoy about the thought of DP is, like, the thought of how good it would feel for those other people. Like, I'm not even really fantasizing that much about how it would feel for me. Uh, I'm very servicey, so I'm just really thinking about, like, how tight it would be and, you know, all of that stuff. Wow, this episode's porny. Um, It really is. I'm blushing and sweating. (laughs) My my other recurrent threesome fantasy is... um, going into a group sex situation with someone who already has fucked me a lot and knows how to fuck me really well and then someone who never has fucked me before um and the person who knows me really well giving specific verbal play-by-play instructions to the other person on how to get me off uh and that connects to my kinks about like people knowing uh how to make me come and stuff and uh and i guess like is related to me being a words of affirmation love languages person because i really just want to hear in detail and in beautiful language uh verbal descriptions of how to do stuff to me (laughs) it's a large part of the fantasy one day one day i'll find people with whom to do this (laughs) yeah i never mind more people are gonna think we're fucking if i say that it's fine we're not (laughs) I was gonna say I have a similar fantasy, but of being the person being taught. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and, like, someone, like, teaching me all kinds of sex things, like, being more experienced or more dummy or whatever, and, like, teaching me how to do things. Yeah. I was at, like, that teaching thing is, like, pretty standard a kink for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at a rope workshop that someone I've hooked up with um, was teaching and I was getting really confused watching the lecture that he was giving everyone 
So while everyone was practicing, other people in the class were trying to show me, and I was getting really frustrated because, like, multiple of them were talking over each other, and it was, like, really hard. Mm -hmm. And he walked over and just sat down next to me and was like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And, like, Mm -hmm. everyone else got quiet, and I was like, (sighs) okay. (laughs) So good. And then I got it. I always forget how much I love teaching and learning kink stuff until I do it, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the best. Because <laughs> it's, like, two layers. You get to actually learn and or teach stuff, and then you also get kind of the DS dynamics that are informed by that. It's so good. And if someone's teaching you, then they're, like, super competent in it. Uh-huh. So, like, <laughs> that was a sound you made. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Folks, this yeah. has been a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this is where this episode went. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you <laughs> for being our audience uh, in more ways than one here. Um, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where is your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find all my writing at bextalksex.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at bextalksex. I also do porn things, uh, which is relevant to this episode. <laughs> I do all of that under the name Billy Lore, L-O-R-E. Um, so you can find me on many vids, on Twitter, technically on Instagram, but I don't do a damn thing over there. <laughs> um, they don't let you. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, together, we're the Dildorks. You can find us at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash thedildorks and throw a couple of bucks our way. We have some new rewards tiers now. If you are a fan of our yearly 420 episode, uh, we are doing weekly hypotheticals where we answer your hypothetical questions while be getting super high. They're so uh, funny and weird. <laughs> they're so good. I love them so much. We got very high. <laughs> we really did. And they're like <laughs> these cute... Li- and you get to see our faces, their videos. We have good faces. I don't know if you're aware we of this. We do. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so head over to patreon.com slash the dildorks to be eligible for that. Thank you so much to Protodome for the use of our theme song, I Want You in My Bedroom, off his album Chip Funk, which you can find at protodome.bandcamp.com. And thank you to Amy, who did our logo for us. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. And thank you to Amy, who did our logo for us. She has art. I say this every fucking week. And thank you to Amy, who did our logo for us. She is at Starboots on... No! (laughs) 